always 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 down for some good conversation. Oh man, I appreciate you. How's Dubai treat? You're in Dubai, right? Yeah. Yeah, how's that treating you? It's straight. I'm actually like I'm technically in Abu Dhabi. Oh, okay. That's what I was I knew I'm 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 uh I'm smart enough geographically to know that everything over there ain't Dubai. So I knew that right. it might not have been technically Dubai, but I, I figured <laughs> that's the last time we talked about it. So you might have uh been over there. Yeah. So, so I'm technically Abu Dhabi, but where I live is on the borderline of Abu Dhabi and Dubai. Like literally, I'm on the, the road that separates Dubai from Abu Dhabi. Oh shit. All right, that's dope. So my kids go to school in Dubai, but I work in Abu Dhabi. Okay, what is that? What is that like being over there with all that new development? Like everything's booming. Like, what's it like, man? Oh man, it's beautiful, bro. It's beautiful. Like, it's it. You know what it is? It's what America should be like. There you go. Yeah, it's gonna take a lot of cultural shifting to get it there, though. You know what I'm saying? So, because it, it's yeah, like a lot. A lot of the reasons why stuff is able to happen so fast there is because there's not a lot of people making decisions. It's like these people make the decisions and then it just happens. Is that fair or? Um, that's, yeah, that's part of it for sure. Yeah. And also they got cheap labor, a lot that, of cheap labor. Helps. Because they, <laughs> it's immigrant labor, right? Like they they take, they yeah. people come there, live there, work there, but you just can't have citizenship type of thing, I think. Don't have citizenship. Like me, I'm a resident. Yeah. You know, everyone's a, uh, still a citizen of their home countries. Yeah. But um, the labor is cheap because it comes from, uh, you know, more underdeveloped nations. Yeah. So it's cheap labor so you can get stuff built pretty quick when you don't have to pay an exorbitant amount for, you know, the people that's building it and stuff like that. Yeah. And um, another thing that helps is like uh, Dubai or I should say UAE because that's the country I live in. A country I live in is UAE, United Arab Emirates. Dubai is in UAE. Okay, so... Now we're talking about the country itself, like basically. Yeah. So UAE is geared towards their economic development, yeah. and like you said, there's only one, there's only one main, like basically, uh, ruling body. Yeah, you know what I mean. So, and all of the citizens of the country are on board with the plan. Okay. So there's not much divergent, like opposing views like oh no we should do it like this or no we should do it like that and then for five years nothing gets done because yeah. nobody just said we're moving in this direction and we're going to see what it's going to do yeah. and then if we need to make adjustments we will so it's none of that going on and now on top of that they got natural resources of gas yeah. and oil that helps to you know finance the whole projects so cool. and stuff like that so yeah that's that's, that's pretty straight man I, I love it over here though bro i don't think i'm gonna move back to america ever <laughs> I don't blame you, man. Well, before we get too far into this and we reminiscing and talking and stuff, um, Ace, you want to come? You you want to be on this podcast or not, dude? Like you keep popping up and stuff. Right? <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, but before we get too far into this, man, let me say again, yeah. thank you for being on this. Uh, it's another episode of the I Don't Know Tom podcast. I'm here with one of my good good friends, man. One of my homies from way back. One of the wild yeah. turn revolutionary <laughs> turn global citizen, uh, Yaru. How you feeling, man? Alhamdulillah, alhamdulillah, I'm good, man. Thank you for having me on, and I'm looking forward to this, you know, good conversation, man. I know it's going to be a nice mix of, uh, you know, a lot of different topics, understandings, viewpoints, and just, you know how we do when we bust it up, man. Absolutely, man. Well, th thanks again. I got to get your brother on here, so that'll happen again. We had an episode we recorded, and then the audio got all messed up, so he got to come back and do it all over again. So. <laughs> oh, for real? Oh, like on your new podcast or the old yeah, one? Yeah, the, the new one. 
Yeah, this one. Uh, yeah, he came on. It was a dope ass episode too. I think it's uh, one of your other brothers or no cousins came too, and it, it just the audio sounded like it was chopped and screwed. So I'm like, man, I got to do this all over again. So, but he's going yeah. to come back, and I got to get whipped to do it too. So, got to get all yeah, yeah. Phones, so <laughs> that's the like, same. But uh, I usually put a song on the intro, so just so that we I know whenever I'm chopping this up, what song would you like to listen to if I were to open up the pod? Okay, if you're going with up the part, I would I would pick a song called um it's by an artist named Khalid Sadiq. Okay. I'm gonna I'm look up as uh I'm gonna look up the name of the song exactly. It's right here in my in my top top song. It's called uh Salatullah Salamullah. Okay. So if you go to uh, his name is K H A L E D. Yeah. S I D D I Q. All right. And uh. It's probably one of his top songs, though. It's called uh, Salatullah Salamullah. All right. I think I found it. Let me... yeah, it got a green dome. Uh, no, I'm on YouTube, so there's that's why I'm... Let me see. Oh, okay. Okay. I thought you was on, like, Spotify or no, Apple no. Music. Uh, let me... I'm going to share the screen so I can play this audio real quick, because I want to hear this, because I thought you was going to say something. Day Tucson versus oh, Toyota Rap this, so. <laughs> <laughs> On YouTube, audio clips. All right. Let's see. Uh-huh. Says, look to a Is this it? And the pen says, yeah, this is it. What shall I write? And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, Uktub, la ilaha illallah. Write, la ilaha illallah. Muhammad Rasulullah. Muhammad is the messenger of Allah. The pen inquires to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, remember Muhammad. Can you hear it? Who is Muhammad? Right. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, Muhammad, he is the one that if it was not for him, I wouldn't have created you. You would have never been created with nothing. What does this mean, bro? Oh, so he's um he's basically sending uh peace and peace and blessings and mercy upon the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alaihi Habib Allah, the love of Allah. Rasulullah, the messenger of Allah. It's like Islamic gospel music a little bit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, give it a give it a listen when you get a chance. You know what I mean? But it's a um I don't want to take up too much of the podcast, but I'm gonna definitely because I opened up the podcast. Yeah, I'm gonna add that. But thank you. For, I'm gonna definitely listen to that, man. You always keeping me like universally all cultural and stuff, though. <laughs> yeah, I think he's from UK. That guy, I think he's from UK. So, um, he got a lot of different songs. One of them is like more of like a um, I call it like almost like a Muslim drill. Almost, okay. <laughs> okay. it's kind of because he's like he's like a. I, what do they call him, road man over there or something? He's like a road man, like or he used to be, or like he's he basically from the hood. So he got like, you know, what I'm saying he got some he got some flavor to his music, yeah. but it's all pretty much uh, from the like Muslim kind of viewpoint, where it's not too like raunchy or whatever. Yeah, yeah, it's not too secular, not too raunchy, but at the same time, he's gonna talk about some real stuff, and you're gonna vibe to it. Okay. You know what I'm saying? Oh, so, like you yeah. in, in the music industry, bro. Like, <laughs> I feel like you <laughs> yourself, man. 
Yeah, I saw me ride vibe with him. Like, yeah, like that's what I that's what I'd be looking forward to. Cause I, I try not to listen to too much rap music no more. I feel you, man. I definitely feel you on that. It's, a lot of it's not connecting. Maybe it's because I'm getting old too. So we old, dog. Yeah, we getting up here. <laughs> Touching forty doorstep right now, so it's getting there. Yeah, but, approaching. Uh, love. <laughs> but the first question I usually ask before we get too far in the pot, man, is if I were to mm -hmm. ask who are you, how would you describe yourself? Or I always describe myself as uh, Muslim, mm -hmm. and then and then human. Mm. That's it. Why, like, why why Muslim first, man? Muslim first because that is where I derive all of my viewpoints from. Like, that's my worldview, and that's what I always use as my basis to judge everything that I that I do in my life. Whether it's walking into the house, you know, I'll say salam alaikum, even if no one's in the house. You know what I mean? I'll say certain like duas, like certain prayers or whatever like if when i'm about to eat when i'm about to speak to someone depending on the mood i'm in like i gotta make sure that it's according to my values as a muslim mm -hmm. so that's that's always going to be number one for me as far as how i identify myself because you know what i mean that's what allah wants us to identify ourselves as because you know that's the islam is the religion that he sent down for us according to my viewpoint of course uh uh, absolutely but i, I want to talk about that man because i mean not to put too much out there but like it it this wasn't always your path or at least it didn't seem like this was always your path or at least the way you're walking it in this way not to say that you might not have been have the faith before but it seems like you've been much more intentional and in walking it in this way living it in, in oh yeah in some ways like where did that come from oh yeah like Come on, bro. You know me since what 2005 or something yeah, like that. Yeah. So you've you've been able to see like the type of person that I was before, even before I became Muslim. Like I just yeah. not just now. It's almost what 12 2011. It's been a minute, man. It's about 12 years now. I've been yeah. Muslim. You know what I'm saying? So you've known me before I was Muslim up until this point now, where I'm really like intentional about you know what I'm saying, putting those practices into my daily life. Mm -hmm. And the change for me became just like I had to ask myself what type of person that I wanted to be. Mm. And it's like, do you want to be the person that is, you know, worth your 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 sons and your daughters and your wife and your and your mother and your family to be proud of? Or do you want to be the type of person that when they mention your name, people either say uh whatever or have something bad to say. So that that that's that plays a big part in it and then also like the more i grew into islam like you know my love for the prophet muhammad sallallahu is increased and the more that that your love increases for the prophet muhammad sallallahu the more that you should resemble the prophet muhammad sallallahu so that that's that's probably the two biggest factors that you know changed not necessarily changed but directed my my behavior and the way that i approach life yeah. And that's and it's interesting that you say that because you, you started talking about like you wanted to be, a, 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 I think, a more accurate version of how you maybe saw yourself and you wanted that to be reflected in, in, in the way people talked about you, the way people refer to you. Where did that thought come from of like, when did you realize like I need to do something different or at least what the way I see myself isn't gelling with the way I'm acting or behaving or the faith I'm practicing? Uh, you know, I think it began even back when I was a kid, for real, for real. Mm -hmm. I was, I, I, I would say, like, 
I was always trying to be a good person, even when I was younger. You know, I, my mom, you know what I mean? May, uh, you know, Allah bless her. Like, she always instilled good values in us, and she always raised us the right way. And from that home training, even when I was young, I tried to be a good person. But in our environment, you know, growing up in Homewood or whatever, being a good person wasn't necessarily cool. Yeah. And when you're young, it's better to be cool than it is to be good. Yeah. So I rather have been cool. But at the same time, I gave myself certain, I don't even know. I can't say I gave myself because I might have been too long to be that discipline, too young yeah. to be that discipline. Yeah. So there was something in me that stopped me from going too far. That's what I was, that's what I'm thinking. It's like when you were when you were thinking about this, because it it's one thing to say, like, all right, I want to do stuff different, but it's another thing to like not only act on it but to follow through with it. So it sounds like something like really put you in that space to say, you know what? Enough is enough. Almost. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, I'm wondering like what that, what that was, what that was. If, if it's not too personal, I don't want to get in your business and shit. You know what I'm saying? It's not, no, it's not too personal. It's a great, it's a great question. And it, it allows me to be able to ask myself different questions, you know, aside from just this uh, yeah. podcast. And the, the only answer I could give you right now is I don't know, Tom. <laughs> good look bro i appreciate the drop <laughs> yeah. but no i think but that's yeah. that's what's dope because i i, I sympathize or I, I connect with that a lot like you know part of me doing this part podcast has been like an outgrowth of my own personal journey like it started with me looking for ways to find purpose to find meaning for me to like you know i listen to all of these great people talk about you know working hard and believing in yourself and there wasn't there wasn't anything that I thought that I had to really believe in. Like I always thought I was a hard worker, but I didn't know what like that special quality was. Mostly because since I was such a people pleaser early on and like really up until like maybe thirty three, it became more of like I'm just happy to see people happy. But that mm. I realized that's not sustainable. You got to figure out for yourself like how do you bring like that best version of you on a day in and day out basis. Where does that come from where you can find your own self-worth? And, you know, it started with a bunch of stuff happening for me. So I can I can almost pinpoint the like the intervening moments of like, you know, looking at my job and feeling ineffective and needing a new strategy opened me up to new ideas about me personally. Going through a breakup made me want to sit back and say, you know what, instead of being bitter, I need to be more mindful of who I am in, in these situations. So that's why I'm always curious of like what these like mm -hmm. almost nexus moments are for people. You know what I'm saying? Okay. And with those examples that you have given, it yeah. kind of gives me a, a clearer picture of my own life. Mm -hmm. And I'm able to reflect on some things like basically uh, when I first came Muslim, I had a lot of bad habits mm -hmm. that I've developed and which is, which is common for a 25, 26 year old person. Absolutely. And one of them basically was like, I used to drink alcohol still, you know, you're not supposed to drink alcohol if you're Muslim, like it's haram for us or forbidden for us, right? Yeah, It's considered a sin, but I would still do it just on some like, I, I, I wanna do me type stuff, right? Yeah. But the feeling that I would have afterwards of after drinking alcohol and the decisions that I would make when I was drunk and the feeling that I would get the next day and mm -hmm. then the amount of guilt that I felt knowing that I'm doing something that is deliberately mm -hmm. against what I say I believe in, which mm -hmm. made me feel like a hypocrite and make me feel like I'm not like a person of my word or something like that. So that's yeah. definitely one of the things that made me be like, all right, well, I got to stop drinking 
You yeah. know what I'm saying? So it's kind of like step by step. Absolutely. You, like those you look at something in your life and you'd be like, I can make this better by doing this. Yeah. I can be a better person if I do this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And that, that's it's interesting. Like, cause I always tell people like, you know, any change that you want to make for yourself starts by step by step. It's not like you can just jump. I mean, you, some people maybe have that willpower to just change their behavior, culture, whatever. Right. But any lasting change I've seen be effective. And most people has been like incremental changes leading up to the greater whole, you know what I'm saying? And it, it, for me, like, I'm curious of like, because you said like drinking and all of that, or even being cool younger was a thing to be. And you realize you didn't want to be that. I feel like in some ways it's still kind of that there's a little bit, especially with social media, that pull to try to be cool still, you know what I'm saying? It's kind of delayed development for a lot of people in that mindset of how it used to be. What allowed you to break away from that mindset to not want to be cool, like, or not focus on being quote unquote cool, but focus on being more yourself or who you um, See, that's a, that's a very good question. Because I don't feel like I've broken away. I still got Instagram. Yeah. I still yeah. got Twitter. I still yeah. got Snapchat. Yeah, well, I, not I got, social media, I but just like that threads. idea. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying, bro? <laughs> I, I ain't fully broken away, but just of just of like following my own path yeah, exactly. for the most part. That just came with like saying like I I don't like the things that other people around me are doing i don't necessarily agree with these things i don't want to be in this lifestyle but i'm doing it because the people that i'm doing it with are people that are dear to me and to be with those people i have to kind of do these things absolutely yeah i feel you so now it's a decision like who do i love more Mm. do i love allah more do i love prophet muhammad more or do i love my family more Mm -hmm. or do i love my friends more Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So it, it wasn't even necessarily about me. Who do I love more? It was like, because if it was up to me, I would still be doing those things. Yeah. If it was up to me, if I could choose, yeah. I'll still be the, you, yeah. I probably never <laughs> change, honestly. Yeah. yeah. But I, I love Allah and I love the problem of Muhammad more than I love my own self. So mm-hmm. that's the, how I'm able to make those sacrifices of my lower self, of my desires, mm-hmm. so that I can be closer to the ones that I say that I love. Yeah. Well, I don't want to cut you off. Go ahead, bro. No, no, that was, I, I mean. <laughs> yeah, I, I feel, because I, I connect with that so much, mostly because you refer to it as your lower self. And I think that a lot of times when people talk about change, they talk about it as if they're getting rid of a part of who they are to do this other thing. And I, I like the way you said it, where it's like, if it was up to me, I might still do those things because it's not denying who you are. It's almost like recognizing I'm this whole person but there's more pieces of myself that I'd rather put in this bucket than in these other buckets. You know what I'm saying? So I, I think that that's a, in my opinion, a healthier way to look at your own growth and you as a person, because to deny part of yourself is to not be aware of how it can impact you in some ways, in, in my opinion, you know what I'm saying? Absolutely. So, Absolutely. Yeah. Cause we're, we're created to have desires Yeah. because without those desires, we wouldn't be able to survive in this world anyway. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But as a that's why I consider myself a human also, because I ask you about that. Yeah, because we are created as human beings. But at the same time, to be human, to be actually human, you have to have some type of moral, some type of ethics, some type of discipline, some type of ability to reason any mm-hmm. certain th- any things like that. Or else you're no better than a dog or a cat yeah. 
or uh, any other type of animal that just goes off of their instincts and fulfills their desires because that's what they feel inside of themselves. But if you're a human, you have to use that intellect. You have to use that reason. You have to use that God-given gift of, yeah. of of free will and, and intellect and stuff like that and don't waste it. So absolutely it's it's not a it's not a it's not a light thing to just be like, oh I'm a human. Like are you? Like think about yeah. it. Yeah. You, you get you get hungry, you eat too much. Yeah. You get thirsty, you drink too much. You feel yeah. the desire to to lay around, you go sleep with anybody you find. Like you're yeah. what, what separates you from a dog. Like I, I don't know. I, I love that man. That's dope. Because you're right. I mean no shade to my dog right here, but they're, they're oh, a dog's a dog. <laughs> yeah, I love it. I love dog, right? But but you're absolutely right. Like I think if you don't have that, I think as you said it, that discipline to recognize when you're operating on primal instinct versus reasoning, and to take the reasoning a bit further, the reason how do I want to be, who do I want to be, and operating on that, you know, like you said, you may as well be operating on your base instincts like any other animal. So I, I definitely right. respect that, man. So thinking about all of this, because you clearly like went through a, a I don't want to say a change but more so like coming into more of who you are feeling more uh centered in 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 the way that you act versus your attitude about yourself like where did you kind of learn that from like who came <laughs> are there any examples you mentioned your mom setting that good foundation of like good values mm-hmm. and all that are there any people that you could think of that came before you and role model like things that you took away that stick with you today oh absolutely yeah. Teachers, teachers yeah. In, in, in school, uh, Mr. White in middle school, he was probably one of the first men outside of my family. Um, shout out Uncle B. Uncle B was a, a, a man in my life since I've been a buck. Mm-hmm. Uh, outside of my family, uh, Mr. White was a person. Uh, who else? There, who else? I don't want to shortchange nobody. Um, we got that. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, who else? Mr. Kevin in this in this program that I was in, because you know my mom had put us in programs and stuff like that. So a little mentoring program. Mr. Kevin, I forget his last name. Yeah, he was a good person. Um, you know who's a good dude too? Now that I think about it, um, Mr. White. I don't know if you know Mr. White. Uh. Uh-uh. Um, dang. Mr. White Mr. at Slippery Rock. I don't know if he was at Slippery Rock, but I know he was in Westinghouse. But okay, Mr. No, White was a good dude. Um. Uh, brother Hamza, Imam Hamza, he's a Imam at one of the masjids in uh in Pittsburgh, and that whole and them brothers in that whole masjid, they you know they they got some real good character, mashallah, and it mm-hmm. let me see the example of like what good character looks like as well. Um, yes, and that's that's oh yeah, Mister Mister Stenhouse, the the man that gave me my first job when I went to Kuwait. Mm. He he's a big influence in my life, uh, very positive influence in my life. Um, yeah, so I would say those are probably the, my Uncle B, Mr. White, uh, two Mr. Whites, I guess. You mentioned two, yeah. <laughs> yeah, two Mr. Whites, Mr. Kevin, Brother Hamza. And, uh, you know, of course, like, my as far as my, my people in my age bracket, yeah. Or are you talking about just older people? Whatever you I'm just thinking the people that like when you think of the lessons that kind of help shape who you are, like where you found those lessons from, whoever that may be. Could yeah. even be fictional. It don't even gotta be a real person, but yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh it, well, and then if we go into history, of course, 
Mm-hmm. I would have to say Prophet Muhammad Sallallahu He's always my biggest inspiration, no matter what. Like he's number one on my list mm-hmm. out of everyone in the world that ever existed. Yeah. And then uh, Malcolm X would be on that list. Mm-hmm. Uh, who Can else I ask do I why? love? Booker. I mean, not the question, because I know is is the yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Prophet of the Faith. Why, why do you put it there? Open discussion, bro. Um, yeah. for for those people, for or for well, each let's one. Start with, let's start with the people that you named first, because I I was talking about Prophet Muhammad, but I want to start by about mm. the people that you talked about, the, the older men. Uh, Mr. White, you know why I mess with Mr. White, the one in middle school, one in middle school, Mr. White, and there's the high school, Mr. White. So middle school, Mr. White, I mess with him because, like, uh, my mom didn't always take us to get haircuts, like. <laughs> As frequently as if my dad was around, I might take him like one right now. (laughs) (laughs) You know what I'm saying? Like when my son started wolfing up, like, all right, come on, we got to go to the barbershop. But my my uncle B was a barber though. So she would be like, all right, B, they need, they need haircuts. I'm going to send them up. And you know what I'm saying? We had to wait in the shop for like two hours or six hours, depending on how many clients he had. (laughs) And then he would hook us up, give us the number one all around. Absolutely. (laughs) (laughs) Might might be a point five, you know what I'm saying? Depending on how how you frequently you keep coming weeks? up there. <laughs> three weeks, three months. That's what I'm saying. Like, nah, like this is where, this is where this story's going. Mr. White was looking like, yo, my boy, my young boy, he whiffing out here, you know what I'm saying? So he he pulled me to the side and was like, he gave me like an afro pick and was like, listen, you gotta take care of yourself. Like your hygiene is important. Like you need to make sure when you step out the house, you're looking good, you're looking clean, and you present yourself in the best way. So he just get he's pulled out like an afro pick and a comb or something. He was like, Here, man, take like a one or two of these with it, whichever ones you want, yeah. and just make sure that you're using it. I was yeah. like, I the, when he when he told me that when I was in middle school, I was like kind of fucked up. Thinking like, damn, he don't, he don't like the way I look. Like, he's yeah. picking on me. But as I got older, now that I'm a man, and I realized that some, like, like we got to look out for our youngins, he was just looking out for real, for real. Because he ain't never crack on me in class or nothing like that in front of nobody else. He pulled me to the side and was like, listen, this is how a man's supposed to present himself, basically. <laughs> Absolutely. And and that's what's crazy is, like, you know, I was thinking – um as I was going through my own like journey and like looking at role models, I recognize like, that's one of the things that when they talk about, you know, having male role models, that's kind of abstract because people say like, if you're a young man, you should have a male role model, but they don't really get into the nitty gritty. They might say something like, Oh, it teaches you how to be a man, but they don't really explain what that is. You know what I'm saying? And I think that when I look at growing up because I grew single parent household, my mom, like, I learned a lot of uh, uh, emotion and things like that from women, how to regulate that. So I was probably more emotionally sensitive than I thought. But realizing now looking back, I'm like, damn, like if I had a more a more positive male role model in my life, I might have got some more of that other stuff, that discipline, those hard conversations, like those things that put you on the right path to be the type of dude, you know, what I'm saying you want to be, even if you don't understand it at that young age. So it sounds like you, you can look, look back on that. How did you take it in the moment, though? Oh, uh, in the moment, I almost cried. Oh yeah, that's, tough. that's <laughs> yeah. Cool. I was like, I was like, the fuck, because Mr. White yeah. was somebody I looked up to. He was a tall brother, dark skin, handsome. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Like he he had a great smile, everything. So when I would see him, he was my math teacher too. Yeah. So whenever I would see him when I came to school, I would always kind of like try to emulate like his movement, yeah. how he talks, stuff like that. Like because he was smooth, brother. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Cool. He had a little he had a little mini froze himself. You know what I'm saying? So. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, Mr. White's that dude. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so yeah. so when he told me that, I was thinking like, damn, he don't fuck with me how I fuck with him. Yeah. Meanwhile, it's like when I got older, 
I'm like, damn, he really fucked with me for real, for yeah. real. Like, he made sure I was going to be on point. Like, yeah. you know what I'm saying? So he put me up on game, pulled my coat, Absolutely. took me to the side and everything. Like, that was – but look, though, because he, because we was outside the classroom, and there was nobody in the hallway at that time, you know what I'm saying? So he had to step or whatever. So he even, like, kneeled down with me. Like, mm -hmm. we was almost sitting on the floor type shit. Like, at your level type of thing. Exactly, bro. And it was like it, – it, like – as I got older, like all of this stuff is in hindsight now. Absolutely. So it's like, and, and, and he, 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 what he did was he put my physical in a place where it would be calm to be able to receive that message that he was giving me. Cause if I was standing up and he told me something I like, I probably could have just turned my back and walked away. Yeah, exactly. You know what I'm saying? Like, man, you want some weird stuff. Like, you know what I'm saying? All because yeah. my feelings was hurt, but because I was kind of kneeling or sitting, it wasn't as easily to just, move away from that conversation yeah so that was cool man i messed with mr white um yeah, yeah the other, man but... the other so going from mr white like is it is it fair to say that the is, is there any other lessons that weren't similar or were these examples of what these men were showing you just elements of like how to be more of a man in in the sense that in the way that you wanted to be yeah yep yeah that's what it was it was just it was just more so um how to be a man because I didn't really get any real like direct lessons like, okay, well, today we're going to learn about X, Y, Z, you know, which in my, in my estimation, I think would be a great thing if someone was to put a program together mm -hmm. and be like, you know, to teach young boys, like these are certain things that every man should know or how a man should behave himself and certain stuff like that. If there was a curriculum, that would be a great thing, but yeah. it was more so just like observational learning because those were people that I admired. Up to. So, yeah. It was like, at least when you were young, it sounded like you could see something in those people that you value. You know what I'm saying? Right, right, exactly. I think that's crazy you say that there should be a curriculum because I always talk about how one of the biggest detriments to the Black community is that so many aspects of our culture were stripped away during slavery and that, that had to be rebuilt in almost ignorance because most other cultures have those, those exact curriculums, those, those rites of passage to say, you go from this to this, like, and you know, if you're Jewish, you have a bar mitzvah. It's like these mm -hmm. moments in these, in these, where you're learning the culture, you're learning, you know, your language, uh, the language, you're learning about the 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 interworkings behind the systems that you believe in, but you're also proving yourself that you're ready to take that next step into manhood. And I don't think that you know, for a lot of young black men, there isn't that transitionary step. It's it's just mm -hmm. pretty much you got to make it happen from the moment you know who you are and you out on the block, you know, so or out in the street or doing whatever you're doing. So like, it, it's a different, you know, school or curriculum for being a man, you know what I'm saying? So right. that's why I think it's so dope that I don't want to say escape because everybody has their own path, but it sounds like despite the circumstances that said, this is how you be a man, you were still able to see aspects of who you wanted to be outside of that and pursue it and be successful, mm -hmm. you know what I'm saying? In, in your faith. Right, right. And and the thing is, like, what those guidelines would give us is just, it's like, everybody's not the same, but we'll all have a common understanding. Absolutely, absolutely. And with that common understanding, we can operate in a way that will allow us to come together and be able to build on things that are substantial. Absolutely. And that actually means something and that will last into the future generations and not something that's just for the moment. Yeah, it's that connective tissue that I think 
it, it transcends time and space in a sense that it, it just carries forward in that tradition, right? Like that that idea to know that you're not just you individually, but you're you as a part of this other collective that you've been born into. It, it's like that familial feeling almost. And in, in, in a mm-hmm. lot of times, I, I don't think that I've ever felt that like growing up as a young black man, like that that rite of passage moment, that moment where you say, you're you're there's the whole community comes around you and says do these things and then when mm. you're done you've you we you now know you're a man you know what i'm saying yeah yeah you like get you get crazy. the full privileges and responsibilities and responsibility of of being a man yeah and i you know i got a podcast too right it's oh, called um that, you don't promote this <laughs> no I, you know, I don't really promote it because i haven't been as consistent as i want to okay. be All right, but it's called um yeah yeah it's called actually not really. That's the name okay. of the podcast. Write that down. Got but um, so one of the questions that I asked Jumbo was on it not too long ago because he okay. had he had came in from Zambia. He was on the, like a um a layover flight for about eighteen hours or something like that. Okay. So he had came through the house or whatever. Yeah. And I was like, all right, let's uh do a podcast while you're here. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So one of the one of the questions that I asked was like, what is black culture? Mm-hmm. And there's no one answer for what is black culture. Uh, and my my argument that I make is black people don't have a culture. We have things that we all do. Mm-hmm. And if you want to call that culture, you can call it culture. If you want to, I'm not going to call it culture. And I say we don't have a, a culture because we say we're black. What mm-hmm. does that mean? Absolutely. We're trying to unify ourselves under the phenotype mm-hmm. of our of our skin. Mm-hmm. When what do you believe, though? What are your principles? What are your morals? Where do you stand? Mm -hmm. That's what is going to solidify us as black people. So when you say I'm black, Mm -hmm. you already know that these boxes are checked off. Mm -hmm. Not just that you uh, I'm black and that's it. Like (laughs) I I completely agree with you, bro. I was in a, um, I was in a, a, whatchamacallit, what was it? I forget what the the platform was. It was one of the, it was one of those social media platforms where people would just get on and talk. I forget what it was. It was like clubhouse. Clubhouse. Thank you. So it was on clubhouse and they were talking about like similarly black culture and all of that. And that was the, that was the argument I was making. I was saying that like one black people aren't monolithic. We don't all believe the same thing. Regionally black people are very different, but exactly. There, there could be, or there, there needs to be a defined culture because you're right. I think and the way I look at culture is it's anything that influences the way you look and interact with the world, you know what I'm saying? But there's no, there's other cultures that can say this is defined as our culture, at least as a starting point to your point that we can mm. have a conversation. We know at least these things exist before we go anywhere else. And they talk like other people will talk about how immigrants can come to this country in the U.S., and start businesses and do all these collaborations and do this and that it's because you're working from nothing else a shared foundation even if you're spanish you have a shared language that many other people don't so it's like all of these things there's nothing Mm -hmm. that's shared outside of trauma and and slavery and oppression and all those things i'm not building on that have in common (laughs) i'm not not building on that yeah (laughs) exactly you can't because it, it, you can't, bro. Like you can't. Like that's you don't want to. People that, are learning in, in other cultures. They're learning the language. They're learning the 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 uh the religion, the history, all of these things. And we talking about like slavery. That's not how that's the not, white man had her foot on her necks. 
Yeah. Like <laughs> you, you don't want to you don't want to inherit yeah. that trauma. And but we do it's a part of our story, right? Yeah. So we'll yeah. never remove it from our story. Absolutely. But it shouldn't define us. It gotta there gotta be something else. And I, I completely agree with you. It's like every time there is the the remnants, because a lot of times I think where we start to build culture is in our art. You know what I'm saying? Like when mm. I look at music and especially hip hop and all these other things. But it's we don't have ownership over how that's presented broadly. Right. So it's like, you know, outside of certain cultures and I don't want to keep using like bat mitzvahs, but it's like you don't see other cultures having bat mitzvahs for fun. You know what I'm saying? It's right. just it, This is <laughs> so it's like we the parts of us that we can maybe look at and say like we built, we created and start to build systems around those things get like leveraged out to the to the the capitalist community and it does we don't own it anymore so it's and like we, and we receive no benefit as a community from Absolutely. that yeah For, and it, like whereas it's like a centralized body of leadership that people got to step to and be like yeah is it okay Absolutely. if we do x y or z and unless we give you the green light yeah look for that cease and desist letter in the mail Absolutely. And the only culture we got to do that now is black Twitter. That's the only thing you can go to <laughs> and say, is this okay? <laughs> like, <that's> right. Go ahead, Bubba. No, I was say, and like, and the ideas that you're going to get on black Twitter might be from all parts of the stratosphere. And it's like, yeah. hold up. I don't fuck with that. I don't know what he's talking about. Exactly. <laughs> and, it, and it was even more crazy is they might, even, they might not even be black behind those programs. Right. <laughs> might be a straight <laughs> bot. <laughs> it might be some redneck from West Virginia. Exactly. Like, exactly. That's crazy. But you mentioned so. speaking of the, that governing body that you got to step to. You mentioned the Prophet Muhammad is another one of your inspirations. Um, mm -hmm. You, you, why would you? Why did you bring him up? Why did? Why did I, that come out to you? He's always first and foremost mm -hmm. in my in my thought process. Always, bro. Because he's the greatest person that ever lived. Mm -hmm. He's the he's the prophet of our creator. He's the final messenger that came to deliver the message to all, not not just humanity, but the entire universe and universes that may exist. All of creation, everything that Allah, God, the creator created, the, he's the messenger for it. Yeah. So he is the best of all creation and he is a human being as well. Mm. So therefore, if I want to be the best human being, I have to model myself after the best human being. Mm. So for me, if I'm not putting him first, I'm doing myself a disservice because no one else can compare. Yeah. Like my thing about that and this, and I, I complete like your justification is solid. Like if if that if if what you're saying, like I get it, like if this is the 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 person that's been sent to give us divine knowledge about the way that the way we're operating everything that's around us existing that's still a choice though right like because one of the things like sometimes people will say things and i say this on my podcast a lot like they'll say something as if like it's just a matter of fact now in mm -hmm. terms of faith i get like I, you got to have faith and you talk about faith as if it's a matter of fact because that's real belief but mm -hmm. i do think that there's still an explanation behind why you are doing something that isn't connected to just the, the the justification itself for why that, that exists, right? So what I'm trying to say is like, you're I I agree with you in everything you're saying about Prophet Muhammad, but you're still saying something. You're still choosing to do that for you for a reason. And I'm curious as to like if you've ever thought about why that reason is because you have a good reason, 
But why, yeah. why that decision? Um, no, actually, you asked me why did I put him on that list as number oh, I'm one? I'm sorry. Yeah, 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 yeah. Why? That's why, why I put him. Why I put that's him why I put him. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. But yeah. what I'm asking now is kind of like if you if you modeling yourself after him, like what mm -hmm. it, what was in you that made you say outside of looking at him as the perfect example, say like mm -hmm. I'm choosing him. You know what I'm saying? Because there's and, and, and I'm not saying this isn't to dispute anything, but there are other people that might say other people are perfect examples of whatever, right? Whatever right. you of said course. this resonated with you. Like why, like you ever think about why that was like what happened to in, in your experience that caused that? Um I don't know, Tom. <laughs> That's too. <laughs> yeah. No, I don't know. Yeah. No, actually, actually, see, the thing is. The two are inseparable for me. Mm -hmm. What it means to be the best and following the example of the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam. I can't separate the two mm -hmm. because his purpose mm -hmm. was to show us what the best is. Absolutely. So, from my reasoning, from my observations, and everything else that I've like deduced from you know, living in this world for as long as I have before I became Muslim and then up until the point I became Muslim, it was like, okay, yeah, I've seen many good examples of people, mm -hmm. but none of them can compare to the Prophet Muhammad And I know myself, I'm not perfect. Mm -hmm. Like, <laughs> I'm not perfect. I don't know everything. I don't know the best way to do stuff. So I'm going to rely on the one that God sent for us to take as the example. Mm -hmm. Especially when I'm in a state of like unknowing or confusion mm -hmm. or doubt or something like that that's really when i go really when i rely the most on them but if it's a decision where i think i have the best decision in mind and it's something good and it's not going to cause harm to anyone and it'll benefit me and my family yeah. i can make that decision like okay. it's cool but if it's something that takes a little it's like a little more intricate it's a little more difficult there's factors in there that I'm probably not necessarily uh experienced with deciphering and stuff like that then I go to his his, his life and his examples and how he dealt with similar situations and see how I can apply that to my own life That's and if I can't get that then yeah. I'll just think okay what would Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam do in this situation and how would Allah want me to deal with this situation and it's in Islam, we have something called istikara. Istikara is basically when uh, you make salah. And salah and dua is two different things. Dua is basically supplication. Supplication mm -hmm. you can do anytime. You just raise your hands, you talk to God, and you make a dua. Mm -hmm. Salah is when we have to make wudu. You know, we have to basically perform an ablution to purify ourselves. And we go into our ritual state of, of prayer. Mm -hmm. And in the salah, there's a particular salah, uh, ob uh, uh, optional one. That's not obligatory. It's an optional one. It's called istikara. And we pray istikara before we make decisions so that with this, with that decision that we have made, that Allah blesses us in it to get the good from it. That's dope. That's so interesting, man, because I mean, one is dope, but it's interesting because the way you're describing your decision making process, it, it, it's like similar to how I've like arrived at the rationale for my own purpose right so like when i look at purpose i think it's it's the reason it's the it's the reason that i've come to understand as to why i'm alive like what i'm here to do you know what i'm saying and the 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 one thing i always say is that once you have that that purpose that meaning once you're able to recognize like this is the way the world makes sense to me in a way that i believe the world makes sense period 
you're able to utilize it in the same exact way you're describing that it gives you that ability to feel like you can move throughout the world and, and feel like you're moving in, in, in a meaningful way. But in the moments where things get challenging, it centers you and it gives you a blueprint for how to address those challenging moments. Like my mm -hmm. network that I put this podcast on, or at least the title of the network that I want to create is called Anchor and Compass, because that's how I see purpose working. I see purpose as a compass that guides you whenever you're able to set off on your journey or do whatever. But then it's also an anchor, you know, in those seas when things get choppy, it's a storm, whatever. It'll fix you to a place where you can kind of resettle and then you mm -hmm. can determine where your next move is going to be. And and it sounds right. like that's what you're describing. Not the same, but in a similar way, that's that yeah. that this has had for you in some ways. Yes, indeed. Indeed. And I think as we mature as men and we mature as people, we understand the value in being able to sit in a place is when you're not necessarily when your vision isn't clear mm -hmm. when it's not focused as a young man we might make rash decisions absolutely and be hasty mm -hmm. but as we get older and we develop some sort of wisdom then we realize like okay i'm not completely sure of what to do here so let me not rush and let it and let it all settle so that i can get some perspective about what is the best decision to make yeah and um yeah, you said you about to put a, you about to make a network. Yeah, man, we gonna have to, we gonna have to collaborate on that, bro. Hey, man, Actually, that, not really, bro. I'm gonna have to be on it. Man, that was a dream. Is my thing? Like I, I always say that my purpose is kind of centered around stories and connections. Like I like, I love listening to people's stories. That's why I did this podcast because I feel like everyone has a shred or a shard of the truth. Like everybody, their perspective, the way they see the world, and if by some supernatural way I can speak to everybody that's what brings me closer to knowing more is like to get everybody's perspective and to figure out what, what do I do with that information? Right. And mm -hmm. like the, the network was designed to, to build on that, to, to generate stories, that idea that, you know, if I, I like connections too. So like connecting the dots between, Oh, you've, you said this, you ever think about how it connects to this. I like to do the thing, the same thing with skills. So like I looked at, you know, the whole Tom's pub thing back in the day, my apartment, like mm -hmm. people were there from all walks of life. You know what I'm saying? You didn't know what people did, but everybody was there having fun. And that's mm -hmm. what I had the dream for the network to be is to be like this launching pad for people who had talent, but didn't have the infrastructure, you know what I'm saying? Yes. Or have the resources. So it's like, if you are willing to put yourself out there, tell your story, be vulnerable. How do I create a platform for people to do that and showcase that? And the the two, I always talk about the two things that I want people to, to do often is to be authentic and to be consistent if I was going to bring people on the network. Cause I, I can't control anything else, but listen, and that's why I said I want to collaborate with you on that network because I need to be more consistent. Yeah. <laughs> so if I collaborate with you, I know I'm being I'm gonna be accountable to this commitment yeah. that I made. Yeah. And then I'll be it'll push me to be more consistent in my content production. So that's why I'm like, yeah, it would be a good thing if I was to get on hey, the network. Man, you know, like, I'm, hey, I'm willing to connect. Show us do, bro. What you, what you, you know hey, what I mean? Hey, let's do it, man. <laughs> like I'm I'm always willing to make like to do this stuff. And it's the only thing that like stops me sometimes from like looking for people to work with is because I know that with all the work that it takes to do this, like right now, like I'm recording mm -hmm. with you, this episode is coming out this week. So I'm like, I got to start getting these episodes in so I can remain consistent because I don't want to miss any weeks, but right. I can't, I can't give somebody else that, you know what I'm saying? Like you, if you right. got that in you, 
I can help create systems and in, in, in like, you know, we can, it's like they kind of build a buddy when you're in the gym or something like that. Like I show right. up, right. But it's like, if you don't have that in you to want to lift or whatever, then I can't do that. <laughs> like, you know, right. like, like that, that's the thing. And, and, and some of this is me operating in, or a lot of it is me operating in faith, like looking at the examples of people that I've seen have success in, 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 the common denominator between people I, I I look at as successful is that hard work ethic. Like they found something they were mm-hmm. good at it and worked at it and worked at it and worked at it until something shook. And that's right. what I wanted this to be. Like, I don't know if the ultimate version of a po- this podcast is going to be me on the podcast, but it's something that I believe in. It's a way for me to work hard and I'll just do it until whatever happens. You know what I'm saying? So right. if you, you, um, if you, in that have you ever too, I want to collaborate for sure, bro. For sure. Have you ever heard of a program in Pittsburgh? It's called um, Boot Up PGH. No, no. It's actually a program that works with um, CMU, if I'm not mistaken. Okay. So you might want to put that right, in your notes. Check it's called... out. I was going to say, go back to CMU and check that out. I got you. No, mean... no. It's in Wilkinsburg, though. It's in Wilkinsburg. Okay. It's on um, It's on Franklin Avenue. It's, it's in that old school. I think it's Franklin School or something like that. Okay. It's called Boot Up PGH and they just got like a basically they turned the whole school into like you can say like a production company mm. like when i was in when i was at home last in uh october not 2023 2022 yeah. i went there for a night because um imam hamza he actually is a part of it or whatever and mm. he was encouraging me to tell people like yo we got all these facilities they got cameras microphones uh sound booths mm. um they don't augmented reality like they don't it like basically just go check it out and i'm Absolutely. pretty sure that you'll be able to be like oh yeah like you could do your podcast there because we did like a little uh quick like five minute type thing because i told them i do podcasts so they got the table with the microphones that come down and everything like it's official bro i don't want to spend too much time talking about that no, no, but i just wanted to put it on it your out. radar it's yeah. called boot up pgh and the website is like boot up pgh.org or something like we'll that so out. I've I've been looking for different ways because right now I'm recording at my house. Like I got mics. If you can see it, I got mic stands on each side of the couch and I just mm-hmm. be people over to record. So like I, I'll be, I've been looking for somewhere to do this. That's not necessarily my crib, but I mean, yeah. I was, I was joking with my homie that like part of me wanting to do it in my crib though, is because like I always, in my mind, even back to the old podcast, I always had that feeling of wanting to do like the big ticker rap city, the basement type of feel. Like if you, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. First come down the steps, like yeah, I was just eating with moms. Like I wanted that type of environment for whoever came through. Was he really in his house though? Huh? No, was not really at all. No, that, was <laughs> that was the other thing. When you young, you be like, yo, his mom was upset. No, that was fake as hell. I thought that nigga had a studio in his basement. You know? <laughs> I was trying to say like, I think, bro. it wasn't really in the crib though, was it? No, like, like no. but they used to joke like, yeah, moms was upstairs cooking. Like, so it, right. it, playing off the fact, but man, I, I was like, yo, that's the that's the for me that would be the blueprint to like do something like that, to bring people from all walks of life through to an environment where they feel cool, comfortable. There's a, like a, a comforting environment and to just be understood. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Because that's the biggest thing about this platform is that there, for, in my opinion, there's so many ways to be controversial on the internet, to get attention, to try to go viral and all these things that was never one. It's not my jam. I, I just don't do things for that. And it's like not sustainable in my opinion. Like you might be right. for a little bit, but now your whole it's like reality TV. Now you got to wake up and be in drama every day. Like that's not yeah, that's um, not cool. I'd rather that's... <laughs> create a platform that's going to organically lift people up and and help them learn more about themselves. And 
and who they are. And to that point, one of the next questions mm-hmm. I wanted to really ask you was, yeah. what brings you joy, bro? Like when you think about, you know, like that idea, what what would you say brings you joy? What brings me joy? Yeah. Uh, discipline. Okay. I like um, that answer. I actually share that, but I'm gonna let you get you. I'm gonna let you talk because I, I love that answer. But go ahead. Um, consistency, mm. honesty, okay, fairness, justice, mm. integrity, okay, chastity, yeah, uh, good manners, proper etiquette, mm-hmm. family. You get it? No, I'm uh, here because it can't. <laughs> only reason I'm gonna stop you at family is because when I usually ask people this, I always give them the caveat that it can't be something generated by somebody else. You got it. And right. those things can bring you joy, but for the sake of this question, I'm looking at things that yeah. are self-sustaining. Yeah. Well, uh, all of those things I mentioned. Yeah. You know, those are those are the things that bring me joy, bro. Like I I, I truly like find joy in being able to perform those 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 type of uh ideas those actions those morals and ethics in my daily life and practice and implement them so those are the things that bring me joy yeah i I think that that like i said i shared that 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 mindset um there was a quote uh by venus williams like she was doing some interview and they asked her like what's one of you what's one of the best things that you what, what do you love about yourself the most or what do you value about yourself and she said discipline and she said, because discipline has given me everything I've ever wanted in life. And like that resonated a lot with me because I that's what I see on the, that's what I see as the, like the golden ticket to whatever I want is that discipline. You know what I'm saying? But mm-hmm. what does that mean for you though? Like when you talk about, cause it, it's a lot of other things you mentioned, like what are, where do mm-hmm. you come from that? Why do they bring you joy? They bring me joy because it goes back to being human. Mm-hmm. They're, the, they're the things that elevate us into our, into our humanity to be able to fully experience what it means to be human in this on this plane of existence mm-hmm. because without those things we're, we're 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 only getting a part of ourselves that we can that we can uh tangibly experience mm-hmm. with those things now we now we start to be able to elevate into that spiritual into that spiritual realm and, and into that realm of being able to come outside of ourselves mm-hmm. and, and experience what it truly means to be, you know, the best of God's creation. Yeah. That's so, so that's, that's, that's crazy. You say that because I'm wondering like what experiences have you had that have solidified that these are the things that bring you joy. It's like, cause it sounds like you clearly have seen the benefit of doing these things for you to say those so quickly. Like, what what mm-hmm. things come to mind for you when you think about that? Like, how have you benefited in that way, personally? I mean, I've I've, I've seen I've seen crackheads, bro, mm-hmm. in Homewood, mm-hmm. like willing to do anything to, you know, get their next get their next hit. Mm-hmm. I've seen I've seen prostitution on the street, on the corners. I've seen I've seen people kill their best friends over a couple hundred dollars. Mm-hmm. I've seen. I've seen uh, families being broken apart because the, the the they weren't ready to be in in a in a in a union that was sanctified by anyone other than 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 themselves. Mm-hmm. So that's the 
that's one end of the spectrum. Yeah. Okay. And then the other end of the spectrum is I've I've been to Mecca before. I've been to Medina before, and it's a very spiritually powerful place. Mm. And in 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 the Kaaba, the the place in Mecca where you see the Muslims uh, circumambulating mm-hmm. the black the black cube uh, mm-hmm. structure, that's called the Kaaba. But that that whole area, that whole place, that it looks like a stadium, and it's actually like the most expensive. Uh, structure in the world now. I think it's like something like around like thirty billion or something now that's been into it over the like since it's been constructed in its current form. And um, it's called in Arabic, like it translates to the inviolable place of worship. Mm. Like there's there's like you have to be on your best behavior when when you're there. Now don't get me wrong, there have been things that have occurred in the past where it wasn't up to that standard, but mm. that's the standard. Yeah. Yeah. You understand what I'm trying to say? Yeah. So if that's the standard and our and all the billions of Muslims are focused in that direction when we when we pray. Mm. So all of our spiritual energy is pretty much gathered in that one place. Mm. So it, it's very it's very like it's very eye-opening and heart touching to be in that place with that such a spiritual uh like like oasis. And oasis like- is a proper word because it's in the desert. Yeah. And if you if you if you go back in history when the Prophet Abraham, because that's who built the Kaaba, Prophet Abraham and Prophet Ishmael, they built the Kaaba. And the story of how they got to that place mm-hmm. when God commanded Abraham to take Ishmael away from his household because Sarah, his other wife, Mm-hmm. Was uh she she didn't want him in the house anymore and God commanded him to take him to that place. That place is in the middle of a desert, bro. Mm. There's nothing there. Yeah. Like it, it, when they first got, I'm talking about Tamil Abraham, yeah, there yeah. was nothing there. Mm-hmm. It's just it's just pure desert. And God said, Leave your wife and son in this place and mm-hmm. go back. He couldn't have done that unless he had the ultimate faith in God. Yeah, I was gonna say that. Like ultimate faith, bro. Yeah. And now, if you look up into where we are today, it's the most expensive structure in the world that all of our spiritual energy is is, is directed towards. Mm. You know what I'm saying? So I've been from Homewood on Frankstown and North Homewood Avenue. Yeah, the Mecca. Uh, that's so powerful that you said it like that too, man. Because you're absolutely right. Like you've seen almost like some of the most extreme, humanly extreme examples of these two ends of the spectrum, right? Like when you lack all of those things that raise you to a a higher state of humanity over animalism. And when you embrace that state, like when you have that faith to walk in that integrity, that, that discipline and all those things, like you've seen the product of what that can yield. And and it's, it's almost night and day. If you're going to pick a path, which one you want to be on, right? Man, it ain't even night and day, bro. It's black. <laughs> it's, it's it's black hole in the sun. <laughs> yeah, you're right, man. My thing, my, <laughs> you know, about you saying that is like, you, you, not everybody does what you've done, though. Like you being at home, what you know what it's like there. Like a lot of people can see what you saw. Maybe they didn't, haven't been to Mecca, but. Maybe they've seen similar things, or there's nothing similar to Mecca, but like maybe they've seen examples of like having integrity, (laughs) but they've also seen examples of not, and they still do it anyway. That's the thing that I think is interesting and and what's so unique about your story is that, again, you kind of talk about it like, well, I just seen these two things and I did this. Yeah, that makes sense. But there was there's a lot of people who didn't do that. 
You know what I'm saying? Like there's a lot of right, people right. who don't follow that path and just stay in the destructive space and all of those things. So like, that's what I'm asking. Like, if you know, like, if you know, or if you've even thought about like, why did I choose to do this when so many other people have it? Like what, you know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. even okay. people that have grown up around or whatever, like. Right, right. Because they decided that what that life had to offer was more secure than going out and seeing what they can get mm. outside of that environment. So it's fear almost that that keeps people held back because they're afraid of the unknown. It's they the don't necessarily, yeah, they don't necessarily believe in themselves. They know if they sell crack, they could make a couple bands. Yeah. But if they go and try to improve their intellect and learn something and learn a skill and learn a trade or whatever the case may be and actually build something that is worth building mm-hmm. is it'll have a more lasting goodness to it mm-hmm. but when you're 16 17 and you got five ten fifteen twenty thousand dollars mm-hmm. and 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 you seeing your uncle he's going to work construction on, yeah. in december yeah it's like um no nah, i'm gonna go here. <laughs> and that's so real though man <laughs> because pack bust this down real quick (laughs) yeah bust that down bro i don't like that blunt what are you doing (laughs) what are you waiting on (laughs) but not like that's what i think is so dope man because you're speaking exactly to what i was trying to highlight is like you made that decision despite like or despite the unknown despite all the safety protocol despite maybe access to some of the things that could have put you in that space. You know what I'm saying? Like all of those, mm-hmm. things, you still made that decision, man. And and that that's powerful. Right. You know what I'm saying? Do yeah. You, all praise due to Allah. Do you give yourself you credit for that? Do you give yourself credit for that? Very little. If there was oh. like a, a percentage of credit that I give myself, it would be about 10%. Okay. You know, because I, I have to take the step. I was going to say, yeah. Yeah, I have to take the step. But, you know, we say Alhamdulillah, all praises to Allah. You know, Allah protected me in a lot of situations that mm. I made bad decisions. Yeah. But my life didn't turn out how the people that was with me made that same decision. Yeah. It, it's, the, it's, it's funny because you mentioned Malcolm X, too. And it's like outside of maybe being a civil rights leader, like your lives are very parallel, like in the mm-hmm. sense of like the, the upbringing, the circumstances, the, the intervening moment, you're not going to jail, but having a different moment and then going to Mecca, having these eye-opening experiences, being overwhelmed by not only the spiritual, like in the, the spiritual uh, environment, but just the, this, this, this profound sense of like knowing that this is the path, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like he, cause in a lot of Malcolm X went back with a, 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 a version of Islam that was not accepted by the nation. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like, it was just right. like, no, nah, we ain't on that. So like, <laughs> it took it took a lot to even go away from that. You know what I'm saying? Because that was yeah. it's like when I think about what you're saying and the in the obstacles that you've managed to avoid or not even avoid, but step out of and, and get to where you are now. I do think a lot of credit is owed. Now I, I I can hear you saying in my head that like you know um, the Prophet Muhammad gets most of that credit. So that's probably why you no 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 not Prophet okay, Muhammad. Okay. Allah. Allah, it's sorry, the, Allah gets Allah. most of that credit. Allah gets most yeah, of that yeah. credit. But, but you did have to take that step, though, man. And I think that's part because you, you take that step 
And it's not always like it's not like people was patting you on the back like, oh, this what's up, man. Go ahead. Like it's probably like the niggas was cracking jokes, like, oh, this dude. Oh. <laughs> like, you already know how niggas get. <laughs> exactly. That's what I'm saying. So it's you like, know what I'm saying? It, but like you, early on in 2008 when I went to Kuwait. Yeah. Bro, the waiting process was like eight months to get there. You know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? So yeah. for that eight months, I had left Slippery Rock or whatever. Because mm -hmm. I was like, no, I'm going to go get a job in Kuwait. I'm not going back to Slippery Rock. Yeah. I'm about to get a job. Fuck, I need to go to school for it. That don't yeah. even make sense. Yeah. Right? So I was waiting for like six, seven, eight months because of the process, visas and different stuff like that. And a program was like a new program. So it had to get up and running into a certain point or whatever the case may be. So I'm sitting around for eight months just scraping by, you know, little jobs and stuff like that. So people start, damn, bro, you still ain't going to Kuwait? Man, you ain't got no job over there. Like, <laughs> yeah. we, we were saying cap in 2008, but that's yeah. basically what they were saying. Like, this nigga lying, dog. You still <laughs> Kuwaiting, huh? <laughs> <laughs> like, niggas <laughs> is going to be funny, though. I got to give them that. So, yeah. They're going to be funny, right? So, once I finally bit, they like, oh, damn. Like, bro, really up and moved to a whole nother country. He in the army? Like, no, nah, he ain't in the army or nothing. He ever been in the army? No. Like, <laughs> no, nah, I just bit, nigga. Like, I got a job over there, and it ain't here, and it ain't school. And it's like, why not? Fuck, I'm doing here. But my thing is, like, you showed a lot of people that, despite what they were saying about it, that it's possible. Like, that's what I think is, like, really powerful. Like, I remember when I first heard about it, like I didn't have all the specifics, my bad. I didn't have all the specifics, but I thought that that was wild when I heard it. I'm like, y'all Ruse, where? <laughs> like, <laughs> like, wait, wait, what's going on? Like, but like the more you stayed over there, the more I seen your, 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 um, your, I won't say transformation, but you kind of growing into yourself, like mm -hmm. from afar, I just became like more and more like, almost admiring the fact that you took that step because I can't say, and I ain't going to hold you. Like the dude that I seen hop on the Sigma stage at the probate, I did not. I ain't seen making this move, bro. So like, it was definitely like, yeah, that who's was a like, wild dude. Yeah. yeah. That, that, that who's was a wild dude. Like I got to apologize to them brothers when I see him. I, I mess with, I mess with B Parker. Yo, that's my man. Yo. I had no business on a stage interrupting a ceremony, dog. Like, the, 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 this rule can say that, yo, the, the only yeah. super justified, like, like oh, what? We can Sigma niggas, y'all corny as hell. Fuck y'all doing up on the stage looking dumb as fuck. Like y'all oh, ruining man. the party. Yo, in the middle of the party. <laughs> Meanwhile, it's their party. <laughs> oh my god, what a night, yo. That was that was classic. Bro. They ain't come for y'all, nigga. Yeah, exactly. But that's the thing that that's the thing that was so powerful about it, yo. And like, have you always had that like I don't want to say rebellious streak, but that that it's almost seems like it requires like an adventurous mindset, like or or being willing to be comfortable with the uncomfortable, like for sure, bro. Like I I probably should have went to an Ivy League school or something like that, and that's not something to say. Like I'm not trying to be boisterous or arrogant or nothing like that, but I probably should have went to like an Ivy League school and really like took my education a lot more serious from mm -hmm. the time that I was younger up until, you know what I mean? I, I would have graduated or whatever from university or whatever, yeah. because like my mind is always like 
thinking about abstract things and wanting to see like what are the limits of of, of human possibilities. Mm-hmm. So, I have, yeah, I've always basically yes, I've always had that kind of sense of like what what else is out there. I need to know. You know what yeah. I'm saying? I need to know what's going on out here and stuff like that. So yeah, I definitely always had that. Like real Mac, we, he always he, he always making this joke because you know we went to high school together. Yeah. We went to Westinghouse. You no know saying shout out Westinghouse. Yeah. Coach, shout out Coach Tate. Congratulations <laughs> on y'all's uh, good season, man. I mess with Coach Tone Tate. Walls, assistant coach Tone Walls and all. Tone that. Walls is assistant coach down there. Yeah, he's the assistant coach. Oh, there. that's what's yeah. up, man. That's yeah. what's up. Shout out Tone Walls, man. Them some yeah. good dudes over there, man. Good brothers, yo. May Allah continue to bless them. But um, yeah. So we was in high school, right? And we had this assignment in, in English class, and the assignment was basically, basically right on a piece of paper what it is that you want to be when you when you grow up. We yeah. was a high schooler at this yeah. point, so that's a question you ask kids or something, right? Mm-hmm. And they give you astronomical answers or whatever. And they go, yeah. we was in tenth grade, yeah. so the teacher asked me, or not asked me, I put I wrote what I wanted to be. I stuck it up on the little board or whatever. Mm-hmm. Niggas start. Browning their faces up like when they saw my answer, they're like, nigga, what? And he's like, so real Mac, who's for real, bro? You want to be an astronaut, dog? <laughs> <laughs> hey, yo, that's hard, though. Yo. I can see real Mac saying that, yo. Like, that's he's like, like, this nigga don't know from Homewood. Like, nigga, you're from Homewood. Like, you don't realize, like, you're never being an like he wasn't he wasn't saying it in a way that I can't be an astronaut. Yeah, I can feel but, you know what I'm saying? Like, we're niggas yeah. in the Homewood. Like, bro, you're not supposed to think you can be an astronaut. Yeah, astronaut. Like, yeah exactly. Yeah. It's not that you that. can't be one, but yeah. what makes you even think that you Thank could you. be? Exactly. Like, who sees, you know what I'm saying, Frankstown Ave and thinks astronaut? You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> and at that moment, that's what I wanted to be. I was like, yeah, yeah I'll be an astronaut. Yo, that shit seems mad fucking cool. Like, I'll do <laughs> that, that bro. Like scary. Talk about stepping out of, into the unknown. That shit, that's yeah. how I think about sometimes, like, when people talk about space and stuff, I'm like, yo, that has to be the most, like, out of mind, out of body experience. Like, to be off Earth, and then Off like Earth. Just, in, <laughs> just just in the whatever like nah, nah. <laughs> out there i was oh, i was far God. out bro i was far out right i was like yeah i'll be an astronaut like but that's kind of how i got my name though that's how i got the name who's oh really because like yeah that's how i got the name who's because you know like, hanging out with the boys or whatever like we always talk you know we, we talking about everything we, yeah. we young we talking about stuff and then every time I would always say something different about yeah. where I would see myself. So my friend uh Black Mark, shout out Black Mark, that's my man, he's still one of my good friends. He he like, yo, this nigga don't know who he wanna be. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny as hell. I like Black Mark, yeah. <laughs> like, that's funny, yo. I did not so, know. That. So the full nickname is actually Hooser. Like oh, okay. The, that's why I spelled W H O. Yeah, I didn't even think of that. Yo, that's wild. Yeah, yeah, that's how I got the name Who's. It's like Who's he today? (laughs) (laughs) Snicker dog. That's funny as hell, yo. I'm learning. I'm learning a lot about you, yo. That's funny. That's funny. Now I got. Yeah, bro. That's funny. But yeah, like, cause I'm. I keep hearing that come through in what you're saying. It's like, like the world is presenting you with the way of looking at it. That's like this. But you are looking at and, and in some ways gravitating towards the, the good principles that were maybe instilled from you or in you by your mom, but mm-hmm. then looking for alternative methods almost all the time. Not to say you might not have 
did stuff that other people was doing at some point. But it sounds like you your more natural state was to always be looking alternatively at what you could do and and ways to succeed that weren't the norm in, in the environment you were in. For sure. And that, bro, that's literally how I landed on Islam. Mm-hmm. Because I wanted the best. I mm-hmm. wanted the I wanted the truth. Mm-hmm. So I've I've basically did a comparative analysis of all the belief systems and not just belief systems as far as religions, but you know, esoteric, occult, mm-hmm. uh, religious, secular, philosophy, all of that. Mm-hmm. Who's who, who, who's holding the truth yeah. out of all of you people that claim to be holders of the truth? Mm-hmm. So as I went through and broke down each one, I seen flaws and fallacies in each one until I got to Islam. Now, don't get me wrong. Islam itself, as it's stated in the Quran, in the authentic hadiths of the Prophet Muhammad, there's no inconsistencies or fallacies or falsehoods that i see in it okay now there are people that come afterwards like uh that that propagate the religion of islam or and they put their own little salt in the game or whatever but the pure right the pure basis of islam is still there and it's still and it's still what i consider to be the truth Mm. and on my podcast i have another i have another question that i ask people and it's like and it's like what is the truth mm. and it's 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 hard for people to answer and i'm like and now and what i say is my answer to that is like the truth is always going to be the truth no matter how you feel about it mm-hmm. the truth is objective mm-hmm. so it doesn't necessarily depend on if you agree with it or not mm-hmm. it doesn't change the nature of it you're right I, I can I definitely agree with that. I think the way and not not to answer your question, but this conversation is super interesting because I like the way that I look at the truth is like you remember that show it used to come. I keep quoting this show. I need the sponsorship, but um, <laughs> Cartoon Network back in the day, it's old as hell. They they ain't even on TV no more. But Inuyasha, it was like this. The uh, oh yeah, fuck with Inuyasha. Like, exactly right. So like. If you remember, they had to get that little that ball that was broken up into shards, and like each shard had like some power, and you can they was running around collecting shards, and mm-hmm. like that's kind of the way that I've come to see, like finding the truth, not what is the truth, but how do I search for the truth? It's through people, not saying mm-hmm. that some singular person is going to give me the answer that I've been looking for, but I listen. The right. more I find people, the more I listen to people's stories, the more I see synergies. And in, in what they're trying to do, but just different ways of approaching it, right? It's like if you're trying to keep your family safe, you might go to school, do well for yourself, build an income, all of that, or you might buy a gun. It's all types of different things. <laughs> like, you know, right. different like, approaches to it. Exactly. And like, that's the way that like I felt more comfortable, mostly because of humility in the sense that like I know I don't know. Like, the more I learn about myself, the more I realize like, yo, there's a lot of stuff that I don't know. And the more I do know, I realize that I can't be the one that's the only like the only way to get this information. Other people might have information, too. And, and like mm-hmm. that's what I've been doing because and, and I found value in that because I get to allow people to be understood. And I also grow from the difference. Like I get exposed and I got to wrestle with, like, how do I feel about this and all of that? So I get the group. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that's a sure. question, man. Like that, I like that question a lot. I might steal it. So <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, listen to the listen to the podcast. You'll get the better you. understanding of, of the of the. 
I don't know. I know more. you got one, bro. I'm gonna listen. You need to start marketing it more, man. But I, I get yeah, why, yeah. I get why you don't. So my, my my podcast is philosophical. It's it's in a philosophical section. So I okay. try to pose questions that are make us think about what it is that we actually understand about life in this world and you know what it all really means and stuff like that. And the, 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 of course, like general topics and Absolutely. stuff that's going on in the world, giving my perspective and stuff like that. But I always try to infuse that philosophical approach to, you know, just exploring like our uh, our understanding of life. Yeah, I think I think we need more of that because I think to your point, you want to be cool when you're young, you know what I'm saying? And there's no ifs, ands, or buts about that. Like there's no way to... Mm -hmm like to, to deter that, you know what I'm saying? Like if you give a kid an option to to learn more or be cool, more often than not, they're probably going to want to be cool because that gives you social acceptance. I think that more podcasts like yours, like whatever, like the podcasts that get, that allow people to hear people talk about things that matter or are meaningful, change, start mm -hmm. to maybe change that, that narrative a little bit of what's cool. You know what I'm saying? Like, and, and not to say that because there's always this like uh, attraction to, the uh the 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 darker side of things right you know like mm -hmm. that's the primal element of who we are like you you get attracted to that but i think that we haven't done a good enough job at least as a black culture highlighting the value of that other side of that intellectual side of that that thinking deep mm -hmm. and we almost we almost make fun of it because like the only people that would try to get us to like think more are the brothers that used to be on the block, maybe brothers from the nation of Islam or whatever, and mm -hmm. it became jokes, you know what I'm saying? We talk about right. and all of this. Like, so right. it's like in that idea of thinking on a, an intellectual way is not always seen as cool in our communities. And I think that needs to change a little bit. And, and I, but it's funny because when, every time I have somebody on this podcast, that's all they want to do. So it's like the need, the value is out there. It's just not being highlighted mm -hmm. and, and celebrated in the same way this other stuff is, in my opinion. You know what I'm saying? Is 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 ignorance black culture? Yeah. I I think I think that <laughs> I, I'm not gonna say they're they're anonymous, <laughs> but I do think that black culture No, I said it's oh. I said it's ignorance black culture. Oh, is is ignorance black culture? Are they the same thing yeah. or like is is it a part of black culture is ignorance a oh, part absolutely. of black culture I, I was just about to say that yeah I think, <laughs> I think it is a part of it i'm not going to say it is black culture because that's like, right right no no not, not is black culture but no, I, I, when i, I by is i mean like a part of I, I feel yeah. you. but yeah absolutely I, I think it's a part of it and i think that's by design you know what i mean like i think that at least for why we were originally brought here like to this country that that was the 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 crux and it's funny because you see that repeated throughout history like anytime somebody is conquered in order to subjugate the, those people, you get rid of the history because mm -hmm. if they don't have a history, then they don't have anything to connect them to, to rally them around, to, to give them something to say, this is who we are and this is who we could be. You know what I'm saying? So I, I do think that ignorance is a huge part of black culture in, in that way. And I think it, it, it mostly because we, we are in this space where we don't have a lot of political capital to say, this is who we are. This is our narrative. Like it, it gets imposed upon us and we kind of have to keep fighting back against that in a lot of ways. And it, it, it's not the same way that other people are allowed to maybe exist in their culture and have that seen in a way that's not just this caricature. You know what I'm saying? Like it, it, that's what I see, at least. So would you consider yourself and, and now I'm asking you questions. This that's is right, your, man. This is your the at the end for that. I'm gonna let you get it off now. Go ahead. <laughs> no, no, I would. Do, I, was, I would. I would. Podcast to another. I, I respect it, but go ahead. <laughs> I was. 
I was about to say, would you consider yourself more Booker T or W.E.B. Du Bois for the listeners? I would say definitely more W.E.B. Du Bois. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I think that mm-hmm. my my gift isn't so much maybe in the form of activism as it is in the form of intellectualism and in, in, in education. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? Like, I think the world needs teachers and it needs warriors. And I would say that you need to be both as a man in this world. But I think I mm-hmm. definitely lean more towards teacher. And, and I think that, that that idea of, because that's where at least I find joy in. If you were to ask me what I find joy in, it's, it's seeing those like, not only listening to people's stories, but seeing people make sense of themselves in ways that they didn't know was po- they didn't know were possible. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? Like I hear somebody say like, damn, I never thought about why I always do this. That's getting right. get me excited because I'm like, yo, that truth has been with you all this time and now now is the point where you recognize it like that shows me that i have value but it shows them that they have value too so you know what i'm saying what about you what would you say i'm i'm more of a i'm more of booker t mm-hmm. school of thought because of the current state of mm-hmm. quote unquote black people yeah we need more we need more uh industrially minded people as of mm-hmm. right now Mm-hmm. to establish the foundation that will allow us to start to pursue those Absolutely. higher, higher, higher level uh, uh, endeavors. Mm-hmm. Because if you ain't got no school, then how you gonna gonna start being a a, a, a professor or something like that? Yeah. And we do have HBCUs, but they need to be yeah refocused and rebuilt, and our 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 efforts need to be into creating that space and culture for us to be able to be self-sustainable uh, i agree with that it's like you people talk stuff about umar or dr umar a lot and i do too i think he's hilarious but there's a lot oh, of- he's, a, he's, he's good in entertainment yeah but like there's 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 value in what he's saying to the degree that you know he talks about building schools and things because your community needs to be a part of your upbringing you know what I'm saying, in a real way. And I think that to the extent that the school is a part of the community in a real way, that doesn't just exist as this like government entity that you send your kids to so you don't get sued for truancy or whatever. It's like mm-hmm. you that that is what gives you that that extended network, that that extended uh, foundation that you're getting at home. Right. So it's like when you have those right. systems and more more than that, like you said about the two Mr. Whites, you get to see representation, those examples be celebrated in, in a fixture in the community. You know what I'm saying? Like it would be like, I don't know about you, but like I didn't see my teachers go to the supermarket because the, my teachers didn't live in my neighborhood. <laughs> right. <laughs> like they, None they, of them. <laughs> none of them. You know what I'm saying? So it's like when you talk about, you know, when we watch a, a movie about like some like teen uh summer movie and they're like talking to their like people are leaving it seems so much more like they're not rushing to get home from school nobody's doing it's like school is an extension of everything else that's going on you know what i'm saying and for us i think it's an extension but it's not an extension that's teaching us the values that we need to move on it's an extension that's just a place for us to keep compiling some of those bad behaviors that we've already learned you know what i'm saying so it, it's it, it it it's not and it feels more like uh, a glorified prison than it does an actual institute of education more often than not for most places especially for city league schools back in the day i don't know what the state is now but i, yeah. I know back in the day it was definitely like that you know like people pretty much just cared about football 
if you were if your parents didn't put you in some after school program for excelling or whatever, like mm-hmm. you get that. You know what I'm saying? So oh speaking of after school program, Mr. Freeman from Operation Better Block. Okay. Yeah, he, he definitely needs a shout out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mr. Yeah, Freeman absolutely. for sure. He touched a lot of the people's lives in uh in the Hungwood area, bro. Mm. For sure. That's dope. Mr. Freeman. What is it? What, what, what was the name of his program? Oh, I forget, but Mr. Freeman for sure. Whoever whoever went to Westinghouse, they know Mr. Freeman. <laughs> Bet, yeah. You know? So what's something you think you're good at, you know? What am I good at? I'm good at being honest. I think I'm a I think I'm a pretty honest person. Mm-hmm. I'm, I think I'm good at being honest. Um, I'm not necessarily good at basketball, but I like to play. Okay. To stay in shape. <laughs> not really that, not really that good. Yeah. I think I'm, I'm pretty good in Call of Duty. Okay. I respect that. Yeah. 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 Pretty good at Call of Duty. PlayStation or Xbox. Come on, bro. I'm, I'm just asking, bro. You got to ask for the streets, man. Come on, bro. PS5 all I day, say, I'm assuming it's the PS5. Come, you know what I'm saying? Come but on, man. People do be switching yeah. that. So, only, only acceptable alternative from PS5 is a is a uh, is a computer. It's like a gaming <laughs> PC. Like, you don't go. You don't uh, go back. You know what yeah. I'm saying? <laughs> I, feel, I feel you, man. But I, there's there's a I always get a soft spot in my heart for Xbox because of Halo. That's my only that game. Oh no, no, that's I, legit. That's legit. That's yeah, legit. That that game was the one for that's me. That's legit. Bro. We come from a different era. I feel so you. yeah, Halo is legit, and uh, Halo actually pushed forward the um the FPS genre that made Call of Duty what it is today I, because I they would, had to compete yeah, with Halo. And the fact that Call of Duty is fucking up right now is probably because <laughs> there ain't no Halo around. That's probably to, they don't got nothing to push them. Right. It's the same one. Yeah, I, I'd agree with that, man. I haven't played Halo. I think I don't even think they make them no more, but that was that was my introduction into like multiplayer, like large groups and stuff. So like mm-hmm. that'll always have a soft spot because I remember those those slippery rock days like Eight yeah, room, eight <laughs> in the other room like that. That was different. That was that was a lot of fun, man. But Hell yeah. why those things? Though? Why do you think? Why did those things come to mind when I actually where you're good at? Other than you just being good at them, but <laughs> um, because if if I would have to be good at something, I would have to be able to prove it. Mm. And if I look at my life, I can prove that. I can say for the most part, yeah, I've been a pretty honest person. Mm-hmm. If we go, if we go hoop, you're gonna say, Oh no, he not a play. <laughs> <laughs> and if you ever hopped on the duty, you'd be like, Oh, hold on. Oh, he, he, okay. Okay, so he's a stepper. You can put you can stand on it, is what you're saying. Like if, if yeah. you can stand, I respect that. Yeah, I can stand on it. A lot of people I've learned, especially doing some of the work that I do um in psychology, people tend to overestimate their abilities very often, especially when asked questions about their abilities. So the fact that mm-hmm. you're so front of mind with saying, like, if I say this, I need to be able to prove it. it. It speaks to that integrity piece you talked about. Like, I am who I say I am, almost. Right. Right. Yeah. All okay. right. What's well, the point sure. of saying you're good at something? And if you somebody be like, all right, well, let's go. And then you'd be like, hold up, bro. My ankle, I rolled it. Now I said, all right, bro. Oh, my <laughs> internet's <laughs> down. You know what I'm saying? Like, all right, That's bro. All me, man. That's all <laughs> So the next question I have, um, and this is usually, I always enjoy this one, is what's something you're afraid of? What am I afraid of? I'm afraid of a law being displeased with me. Mm-hmm. 
I'm afraid of not making it into heaven. Mm. I'm afraid of not living up to the person that the people that believe in me think I am. Do you think you've done that? I mean, everybody I know that talks about you sounds super proud. So like, what does that, what do you mean by that though? What I mean is like, maybe they're proud only because the standard was too low. Mm. That's part that's so, real, man. So what if I raise the bar mm. and now they think I should be even higher than what they thought in the first place? Okay. You know, so I got to live up to that. And I would and I would hate to let them down. I'd, I'd be afraid of that. I'd be afraid to let them down once they put me at an even higher level than that, what they first estimated me. Or now that I've reached another level in my life, they've increased that standard. Yeah. You know, so. And those are the people that I value their opinion. Because yeah. people that don't know me or that only have a bit of the story or don't necessarily know exactly what they should be judging me based on, mm -hmm. I don't necessarily care about what their opinion is. Not okay. not that I don't care because we should always kind of be uh, aware of mm -hmm. our of our perception of other how other people perceive us. Yeah, to an extent, but it doesn't hold as much weight as the people that. I've whose opinion that I value because I know that they also have my best interests. Uh, I was going to ask about that. Not, not so much um, the best interest piece, but like, it sounds like you're very comfortable having this kind of almost assumed responsibility. Like you have a responsibility to please Allah. You have mm -hmm. a responsibility. Well, the hope to make it in heaven, but also you feel like you have this responsibility to family. For like, sure. Fair to say, like where where does that come from? Like all of that that putting that on yourself. I'm not saying it's a bad thing, but I'm just asking, like, where did that come from? Yeah. Um well, I come from a family of 10, bro. Mm -hmm. You know, like my family, like my that's just the family, that's just my mom's children, right? Yeah. So we came from a family of 10, and the streets was right there. Mm. So if I'm one of the oldest, like my older brother, he was already out the house by the time me, Jizz, Stiz, Ska, Bush start hitting the streets. Mm -hmm. So if there wasn't somebody within their at least close proximity that was trying to do right, yeah, we would all we would all went left. Mm. That's real. So the so the fact that I had all of my little bros coming up after me, it was like. No, I got to take that into consideration. So mm -hmm. I'm going to try to at least be somewhat good. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? So that they could at least be like, all right, big bro is telling me not to do something. And I know that he don't be up to this bullshit neither, though. So it ain't like he's just saying it. Yeah. He's telling me because this is the type of time he be on and he knows where it's coming from. And I know he loves me. So I know he's looking out. And they wouldn't necessarily want to disappoint me either. So they'll probably try better to be better as well or try more to be better as well. That's that's crazy, too, to me, because it sounds like you you pretty much deduce based on looking around your environment that this is on me. Like, I got to I got to do something. You know what I'm saying? And right. Like, I don't know when you made that determination, but that 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 takes a lot of of ownership, but also takes I think the fact that you were able to follow through with it was maybe why I was respected. You know what I'm saying? Like when you, it sounds like you have a commitment to to finishing what you start to a degree. 
Right, right. And I also have a problem with finishing what I start. Yeah. So that's so probably why that's that something that's that's probably why it's <laughs> always on the forefront of my mind of like I can be better in this way because I left some stuff unfinished. Mm-hmm. Or I didn't do it to the best of my ability. I got it done, yeah. but I didn't necessarily put forth my best effort and, and present the best product either. Though. So if I'm conscious of that and I can kind of like reflect on those things and take what I did good and build on it and whatever I did bad, learn from it, I can continually to improve myself. But um, what do you, yeah, bro. What do you think? What do you think does that for you though? Like, why do you? What do you think stops you from if you know that right? And I, I, mm-hmm. everybody deals with like not everybody, but a lot of people deal with this. So I'm not trying to make it seem like it's abnormal. But if you know that, like, what do you think gets in the way of that? Just human nature. Like, what is it? Comfortability, mm. knowing that by like this is the goodness of a law, right? Like we know that we still gonna have everything we need for the most part. Yeah, yeah. So if I know I got everything I need. Yeah. I'm gonna give just enough to keep going. Yeah. So like, it, it, they talk about that in sports too. Like talking about ball. Like I remember people talking about like Kobe and these other people, like repeating, like winning another championship. Like if you win one, there's that layover effect. That like, oh, I did it. I'm good. Like whatever. But it takes something else to go and do the things that it took you to be successful when you've already mm-hmm. been successful. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like that's that's a that that's a different mamba mentality, whatever you want to call it. Like that is that's something I work with too, because or I'm working on too, because I think that the only thing stopping me from having anything I've ever wanted is discipline. You know, discipline. Whatever, and that's whatever, what I teach whatever that's what I teach my son. I'm like uh, uh, the most important quality of a man is his ability to be disciplined. Mm. You can't call yourself a man if you're not disciplined. That's 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 my motto. That's what I teach my young my son that's 17 now. That's what I teach him. My nephew that's 16. That's what I teach him. My sons when they get a little bit older, the ones that's eight and six, that's what I'm gonna tell them. But I'm instilling discipline them in them as well. So when I give them the lesson, they're gonna be like, oh, okay, that's what he was doing. When I didn't feel like going out in the back and doing my little uh, soccer drills or whatever, but he was instilling discipline so that I know, like, even if I don't feel like it, I still have to do it. Because some days they'd be ready. Oh, when's our soccer drills? Then some days they'd be like, oh, you know how kids be. But they do it anyway. So when they're 17, 18, and I'm telling them, like, all right, you're about to be a, a young man already, but you're about to have to face the world on your own. And these are the lessons that you need to hold with you. That, that's going to guide you because I'm not going to be there every step of the way. Yeah. So, yeah, that's that's discipline, bro. Got to have that discipline. It's the most important critical factor to be a man. And especially, especially in an environment that our young men, our young black brothers is growing up in. Absolutely. I remember, um, I guess um, I was at work and I I, I forgot to do something. It was small, um, real small. But one of the, my, uh, the people I was working with is an alumni. And he's like, older black dude he kind of took me he he viewed me as like a a, a kind of a a son in a way like because he just talked to me like he liked me or whatever so he would uh we would have like a very informal speaking relationship with each other so i forgot to do something and i was like oh my bad i apologize whatever and he he said it in like a stern way that almost made me want to like push back he was like i don't need you i don't need you to apologize just do what you it's almost like what he, money mike said <laughs> when he said don't be sorry i hope you careful <laughs> <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> Dude told me, 
He was like, I don't need you to uh, apologize or make excuses. I just need you to do what you say you're going to do. And That's like, it. originally, when I heard that, <laughs> I wanted there was this instinct to say, like, who are you talking? But I was yeah. like, you know what? Like, I, I, to your point about being patient, I was like, no, sit with this. Because there's, there's, there's value in being uncomfortable in some way. So I was like, sit with it. I sat with it. And then I came to the point, like, he's absolutely right. If I want to be a man mm-hmm. that stands on what I say I stand on, like, I have to be more consistent in doing what I'm saying I'm going to do, which also means... I'm not going to just randomly say I'm going to do shit when I, I, I'm not committing to it. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like, one of my favorite uh, little nerd quotes is from Star Wars and Yoda said, do or do not, there is no try. Like, yeah. do it or don't. Sure. Like, you know what I'm saying? So it's like, <laughs> that's the type of man in the, in the sense, the same way you're talking about your sons, like, that's the type of man I like to I like to continuously try to role model myself in, in that mm. mindset of just being disciplined, practicing that in, in all ways, you know what I'm saying? And then being honest with myself when I fall short of that, you know what I'm saying? I think right. And and one of the things that I've recently made a conscious decision to do was take try out of my vocabulary, bro. Mm, me too, bro. Why, why are we on the same path, bro? <laughs> I just said I'm trying to do the same thing. I'm doing the same thing. Exactly. Because we say trying too much. It makes you equivocate. Like, it makes it easy to quit in a lot mm-hmm. of ways, in my opinion. So, I try <laughs> Yeah. Did All right. <laughs> All you right. Know? At this All point, right. I'd rather say I failed than I tried. You know what I'm saying? Because at least I followed through. You know what I'm saying? At so. least you at least you know you at least you know you tried your best and you just wasn't up to the task. And there's nothing right. wrong with not being up to the task if it's beyond your capacity. Yeah. Absolutely. Because now you know what your capacity, capacity is. And you can go beyond <laughs> that. I was joking with my homie. Um this uh I work with her, uh, we work out in the gym together. And we was a stair climber and she was doing so I forget what speed it was, but she no, it was a time limit. She was like, Oh, I think I can go to 15 minutes now. And I'm like, Yeah, you could definitely do that. And she's like, I'll do it next time. I was like, you, you're not spiritually ready for the 15 minutes. She was like, What are you talking about? <laughs> I'm like, you can do the 15, but you know, if you accomplish that, now that's the bar. And that's every bar. time you come in here, if you do less than that, then you know you're slacking. So, like, you have to be ready for that next level, not just saying it because you think you can do it. But knowing mm-hmm. what comes with that once you do it, because you can't look back anymore from there. So no turning back. But I, I, that's, <laughs> I believe, like, once you know something about yourself, you can't unknow it. You know what I'm saying? You so, can't unknow it, bro. You <laughs> can't unknow it. That's what I said. Like, I I can't go back to how I used to be no more. Exactly. Exactly. As, as, as tempting as it is <laughs> yeah. and as easily accessible as it is, Absolutely. I can't go back because I know how good I can be. Yep. Not saying that I'm great or this fantastic person or none of that. No, I'm just saying that there's certain things that I don't do. Absolutely, man. I man, I feel you, bro. That that resonates with me a lot. So speaking of like who you can be, the next question I have is like, and this is the the second to the last question. But okay, what is the ultimate version of you then? Like when you think about if you were able to 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 be everything that you set out to be to like to to be and this could be like it, it might not even be realistically possible but if you're if you're just thinking abstractly what does that look like what are you doing like where are you at in life like what's going on the ultimate version of me is being able to lead the quote unquote black people mm-hmm. to be self-sustainable and 
develop the sort of society that we always uh reminisce about mm. that that would be that would and not necessarily lead them because i want to be the leader yeah. but because you're asking me if i yeah. could if i had a wish and it would come yeah. true like that's yeah. what i would do and even still, as I think about it, I got to wish, okay, I can wish for someone else to be that. So I'll say I would wish, but you said it has to be me. So, all right. Yeah, so yeah, yeah, yeah that's yeah. what I, <laughs> yeah, yeah. that's what the, you got there. But my thing about you saying that though, is like, in some ways it's interesting because it's still you playing that role of older brother, you know what I'm saying? Like, but for the black community in a way. Yeah, for sure, bro. Because this is, this is what I, this is what I told one of my wives, right? Like I told her like, when you make a decision, think about Allah, mm -hmm. think about the Prophet Muhammad Sallallahu think about your 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 children and family, think about then think about me as your husband, and then think about yourself. Mm -hmm. If you go through that whole process of how these people would take the decision that you're making, by the time you make the decision, you mm -hmm. can never go wrong. Absolutely. Or if you do, you know, you know you wanted to do it. Because you right. can all of those things. So yeah. Because all of those people would be okay with it. Absolutely. But if you're making decisions based on you first, then me, then family, and then Prophet Muhammad and then God, like you're going to find yourself disappointed in a lot of things mm. because you're going to be you're going to have that bit of, of joy or happiness or whatever that feeling that you were looking for when you made that decision, you're, you might accomplish that feeling for that moment. But the lasting effect that you're going to get from the negative impact from those people is going to be like way, it's going to outweigh the benefit of whatever you got from making that decision. Absolutely. So that's kind of the, that's kind of my thought process in things that I do. I always try to put myself last, bro. Like I always try to put myself last because this is this is what a man is. This is the this is the the the, the joy of being a man. Like, yeah. that's it to always put yourself last. And then when we get around other men, mm. and we talk about the things that we talk about as men, if you now we're a bunch of men, there's four men sitting around, and we're talking about the things that we did for other people, mm. how we helped build this, how we helped do that, how we put this in place, how we put that in place, and we never once talk about ourselves. There's four people doing that, and then one man come and talk about only the stuff that he did for himself. Yeah, the other four men gonna be looking like. This yep. dude's a kid, bro. Yeah. <laughs> you didn't real. do nothing. Like, who are who do you think you are? Like, you just That's bigging awesome. up yourself? Like, bro, <laughs> we 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 built nations, bro. Like, because we put ourselves last, though. But by putting ourselves last, it actually elevates us in the ranks mm -hmm. of, of 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 our stature, and not necessarily because we're looking for it, but because of the 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 works <laughs> that we put. Yeah, we put in the work. To be able to 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 bring all of those other people up, mm -hmm. to bring our community up, and to bring our society up. So naturally, if people are honest, they're going to say a big reason is because of this person. Mm -hmm. And that's and that's how you raise yourself up. People are going to talk about you. I don't need to talk about myself. Mm -hmm. I'll always talk about what other people is doing before I talk about myself. Mm -hmm. That's real, man. Like I, I love that. Because it's similar. Well, not I love it because it's similar, but I love that. And it's similar to this. Like, if you look at my Twitter, um, it says like right on the little caption, it says avoid picking low hanging fruit. And the reason I said that is because 
I always think about how I react to stuff and the internet's designed to get you to react. Like it, it, it's, it's engagement based, like social media or excuse, uh, what is it? Social uh, or engagement, outrage economy, all of these things that just make people mm -hmm. to respond and then you get attention and all of that. Engagement farming. Thank you. Exactly. That's what I'm talking. So I always look at that. And originally I didn't want to react because of that. But then I thought what's easiest to understand how I feel about mm -hmm. something that's the first thing i think of is how i felt how this made me feel what's more difficult often than not is to go to how other people may feel about this and that's to your point that's where i like to start now because mm -hmm. i'm always going to know how i feel but what right. i know is how is what's happening impacting other people and to be honest like you said the more you do that the more it uplifts you dude get out of here um the, the more you do that the more it uplifts you <laughs> it's that feeling of like knowing that the work was eventually going to pay off. All you got to do is the work. It's like this dude told me when I used to work at Apple, he was like, Apple focuses on making quality products that are easy to use and look good. The profits are just the benefit. Like they don't go into it saying, how do we make a lot of money? They go right. into it, saying, how do we build good products that are easy to use and, you know, whatever. Right. And I think about that all the time. Like even doing this podcast, like I do I do want this to be able to support me full time at some point, but mm -hmm. while I'm in it, while I'm just doing the work, it's just the work, like meeting up with you, taking my center, you taking time out of your night for us to talk. Like this is part of me doing that work that for no other benefit than the fact that I know I'm growing from this conversation. I get to give you a platform to share, you know, your unique story and all the elements of who you are. And if it doesn't mm -hmm. go any further than that, that's cool. I've done enough. I'm doing, I'm still going to keep doing the work because I know right. I point eventually something's going to shake and i i, right. I just had that faith so i completely agree with you in that sense that like it's not about you or, or worrying about you all the time sometimes it's just about doing the work and knowing that whatever is supposed to come your way will whenever it's supposed to you know whenever it's supposed to you gotta step out on that faith yeah absolutely man so the last question I have is now that we've had this conversation and I don't think your answer is going to change much. Some people's do, mm -hmm. but I'm, I'm going to go back to the first question. If I were to ask you who you are again, after having this conversation, um, what would you say? I would say I'll, I'll give myself a promotion. A stuff for a while. I'm not going <laughs> I, I, I'm going to say I'm a movement. There's okay. a Muslim. A Muslim is someone that says La ilaha illallah Muhammad Rasulullah But like they're Muslim, they believe in Islam, they believe that you know Allah is one and Allah uh, Muhammad is his messenger. That's a Muslim. A mu'min is someone that actually practices Islam and implements it in their life, and you can see the Islam on them. Mm. Like you know, this person's a Muslim because you can, you can see it on you, bro. You can definitely you know see what I'm it. saying. Absolutely, yo. <laughs> Mashallah, So I'll upgrade my Muslim to Mu'min. Okay. And I'll 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 upgrade my human to just man. Okay. I like that. I like that, man. Well, that's all the questions I got for you, bro. What questions do you got for me other than asking me what's the truth? What are the heaviest questions you ever ask someone? Yo, what you think I the truth is, bro? I, I love it. <laughs> Nigga, I, love I never it. like who's just walking around thinking about what the truth is. Like, leave me alone. Like, I'm thirsty. <laughs> that, <laughs> it's funny you say because like that's why I got all the people uh 
saying I don't know because when I ask people random, they're like, I don't know, man. They're like, get out of my face, I don't know. I don't know, nigga. It's twenty degrees out here. We're at a bus stop. Like, what are you talking about? <laughs> Where's the I'm bus really coming, nigga? <laughs> <laughs> you got the true time, like exactly. <laughs> But yeah, but, man, um, you got any questions for me, bro? Yeah, yeah. One question, one question. And I, I ask right. people, and I'm, I'm and inshallah, I'm gonna have you on my podcast too, bro. So Please we do, can man. bust we can bust on. it up on there. Absolutely. But uh so I'll just get this one question out the way. I'll have some other ones too. But if All you right. had to like describe yourself, right? Mm-hmm. But people don't know who you are, but you want to kind of get them to understand who you are, so you gotta describe yourself, but you can only use people that are famous or people that are well known. Which five people would you select to kind of like give someone an idea of who you are? I like this question. Now I got to think of five people. I'm going to go with one of the people I look up to for their work ethic, Kevin Hart. Mostly because I, I love to I love to make people laugh. I love to laugh. And I, I admire how maybe not being the funniest comedian or, or like having all the talent, like Eddie Murphy or someone else, like he still is one of the most successful, mostly because of work ethic. So I would mm-hmm. say Kevin Hart is one. Nice. Um, damn, this is a good question. I never think about other people, uh, other famous people. I'm trying not to say anybody outrageous. Um, <laughs> I can't even, I'm trying to think of funny people. Um, I'm going to use another comedian. Uh, you might laugh at this one, Jerry Seinfeld. Because Jerry of, Seinfeld. No, I can see that. I can yeah, see that. Yeah, I can see that. Part of the reason why I like Seinfeld different than Kevin Hart is that I think that when I watch the show now, especially being older, there's a Seinfeld episode for everything. And mm-hmm. like the way I look at it is that this person, even if you don't find him funny, whatever his voice is annoying, he was able to like take a step back and look at life and notice like all kind of the. The, the absurdity, the funny, the whatever. And like to be able to highlight that in the show means you appreciate those things as well. Like you don't, you're not laughing at them. You, you mm-hmm. appreciate them as part of the world experience. And like, that's kind of how I look at the world. Like I find so much interest in comedy in like the, the silliest, most nuanced things, but it has tremendous value to me. So I would say definitely Seinfeld. Let me get some. Yeah. And like Seinfeld's like Seinfeld's subtle genius too, you know? Mm-hmm. That's yeah. that's the like as we get older and we can appreciate like what goes into creating something, you Absolutely. realize like oh yo, dude's really like a genius on the like he's a he's a it's subtle, like it ain't outright this is the joke, this is the punchline kind of thing. It's yeah. more so like a, a slow cook under the underlying human nature exactly. kind of stuff that you'd be like, Yeah, that's kind of weird that we do that as human yeah. beings, but we kind of all do that too at the exactly. same time. You know what I'm saying? Exactly, like, yeah. I, I love it. Like, it, you know who else loves Seinfeld? Jizz loves Seinfeld. Yeah. Oh, girl, I gotta hit Jizz. Yeah. Like, right. Love, yeah. Like, yeah. That's my shit. I love, I watch it all the time, yo. So definitely Seinfeld. Yeah. Oh, and just to clarify my question, it don't gotta be famous people that's alive right now. It just gotta be people oh, okay, that, okay. it gotta be people Funny. that when you say their name, people know who they are. Oh yeah. So that, okay. so that it can be more of a universal kind of understanding. Like, it can't be, oh, my Uncle Butch. Yeah, I feel like, that. nigga, we don't know Uncle Butch, bro. Like, they, what are you people, talking about? People, <laughs> <laughs> people might not give me these two, but I'm taking them anyway because I I appreciate them. Uh, they, they may not think I'm this smart, but Aristotle and uh, Leonardo da Vinci are two other people because I have them all. Mm-hmm. And the fifth one is Basquiat. I'll roll with him. 
Um, okay. So like Aristotle in, in Da Vinci, Aristotle, because when I was in Slippery Rock, I think I was there before y'all. So like it was 2003, people still get computers. He was lucky if you came to school with a computer at that time. Right. So we was having class yeah. about, like how to send an email. And um, <laughs> I remember that like we had to, as part of the email, we had to like create a, a signature to show that we could. And it was like, put a quote on there and send it to me. And I remember going on Google or whatever the search engine was at the time and saying smart quotes. And like one of the <laughs> quotes that popped up was uh, Aristotle's. And I don't even think it's a real quote from him, but somebody butchered it. It was like, <laughs> it's the mark of an intelligent mind to be able to entertain two competing thoughts without accepting either one. And mm. and that's the, that was, I, I read that and I just thought it sounded smart at the time. I'm like, that's dope. But as I got right. older and I grew, it's crazy how that became almost like one of the the core values that I operate with now. It's not that like I don't like to take a position because I think you got to stand firm and stuff, right? But I'd like my mind to be nimble enough that whatever somebody presents me with, I can understand a perspective other than my own. So looking at him in in this whole like the the um like Aristotle and helping invent the Socratic method and all of that stuff like that reasoning that rationalization that being able to take a time when man was still kind of in its current infancy and and, and still show like logic build government all of these things like that that mm -hmm. that's a, that type of mindset I, I I value that and I think people given how I'm always talking about purpose and stuff might catch that yeah. But Aristotle makes sense. You're a philosopher in your own right. Yeah, I definitely try to be there. Da Vinci, because I'm just a fan of Da Vinci. People might not even associate me with him, but I just really yeah. admire uh, the fact that this is a man who invented things during the 1700s that people still don't know how some of it works, right? And mm -hmm. he was like, what did he call it? Like a polymath or something. Like it wasn't just one mm. thing that they were good at or he was good at. It was a lot is like it was a wide variety of stuff and that's something that yeah. i've always wanted to be like even at this current point in my life now like i joke on twitter about ball being light but i'm trying to like get good at hooping again like i want to get good at the things that when i was yeah. kid, <laughs> i either told me told myself like oh that's not for you or whatever now i'm attacking all of those things because i see that the value of how it builds me up and, and makes me a better person and it builds my discipline because to do something mm -hmm. you've never done you got to go. I remember one of my, my my gym partner has a real funny story about me learning to jump rope again. Like not even again, learning to jump rope. Like I couldn't jump. Rope. Like that's <laughs> right. Odd. Like there was a day when I was in the, um, the courtyard in my apartment building, like just out there in the rain. Like yeah, like I just admire that, like that mind that's always looking to understand something new. And, and to try mm -hmm. something new and, and then get good at it. It's like, that's the, that would build. And then Basquiat, because I, I think that to be who he was at that time, to be troubled in all the ways that he was, but to have such a unique voice during like art, when art was very whitewashed, when it was all of these things to stand out, to be yourself, to, to not conform to what other people thought was art and to still like, be one of the most relevant artists ever. I mm -hmm. think that and you did it, he did it his way because all of this that I'm doing, I see as art. Like I see it as my art. I think of it as like when I put out a podcast, it's not just me throwing up an episode. It's me contributing part of who I am to the universe, the, the world the, for consumption. And, and I think of it as my art shared, a shared piece of art with the, you and whoever else I'm interviewing 
but art mm -hmm. nonetheless. So I think right. about how that resonated, how revolutionary his art was. I would want my art to have that same type of impact, particularly for the black community. So that's what's up, man. That's 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 yeah. amazing, bro. So yeah. I would I would uh distill that down to humor, hard work, intellect, creativity, and uh I don't know. I, that, that's Maybe just some of the things. Probably that one, like that nuance. Nuance, like, yeah, the, yeah. Like, but, but those people give me like a kind of like, okay, that's that's kind of the people that, okay, yeah, like you know what I mean. I could take yeah. from those people and be like, okay, that's what Tom like yeah. kind of like resonates with. That's what's yeah. up, man. Yeah, I love that question though. I'd be asking people that question. I love that question too because <laughs> it, it forces you to kind of see yourself outside of yourself, right? Um, and, and it's not just what I think about like me it's like what i think about me in relation to other people so in relation know. to other people right yeah, yeah. yeah. it's like, like like how you say i don't want to say nobody too crazy because now <laughs> you gotta think like i i fuck with them but i don't fuck with them to the point that i would <laughs> you know what i'm saying like attach them to my own personality yeah like, I, Umar. I can see people calling me but yeah, uh, shout out Umar, bro. Yeah, man, but please, bro, I would love to come on the podcast, man. Yeah, I, actually, not really. That's the podcast. Inshallah, we uh we gonna make it happen. Thank you for having me on yours, man. It's been oh, wonderful. Man, I really pleasure, appreciated it, and I was looking forward to this joint. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Wait, I was like, oh, I get to bust it up with Tom. <laughs> you know what I mean, hey, man, so, we ain't talking a minute, yo. So it's definitely a pleasure, man. Like, it's right. just a blessing, yo. I. I learned probably more about you in this hour and a half that I ever knew, like just us being cool. Like, cause we never really right. like, we have conversations, but it was never like that. You know what I'm saying? So I definitely appreciate it, man. Like this is, this is, you really blessed me, man. I appreciate that. Yo. No, nah, you blessed me too, brother. And I appreciate you. Keep doing what you're doing, man. You too, man. Much love and, and health and wealth to you and your family, man. And again, hit me up. I'm more than happy to come on whenever you need me, man. Happy cool, to brother. Likewise. All right, bro. Enjoy the rest of your night over there, man. <laughs> All right, bro. Salam alaikum. Peace. Right, peace, man. I'm going to say peace because I don't know what to say back. <laughs> That's cool. Wait, peace is good enough. I, I, can I say malaikum salam? Because I just... No, no. Wa alaikum. Wa alaikum salam. Wa alaikum salam. Wa alaikum salam. Don't, don't educate me, bro. Don't have me say it wrong. What am, am no, no, no. You, no. you said wa alaikum salam. You, okay, you, cool. you said okay. it right. All right. You smirked <laughs> a little bit. I didn't want you to be like, oh, this dude saying anything. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> no, because you ain't want to stop at peace, which is it's commendable though. You know what I'm saying? Because yeah. like some people will just leave it at all right, bro. Peace. <laughs> I want to respect you and show my appreciation, man. So thank you, I man. Appreciate I appreciate it. it, bro. Enjoy. Right. Salam alaikum. Wa alaikum salam. Masha. Peace, right, bro. bro. Peace, bro.